0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Vikings Final Prep Wild Card Weekend Edition. I am Cy Amundsen in studio with Chris Corso from Vikings.com getting you all caught up on the Vikings' sound you missed this week as we prepare for a first-round playoff matchup with the very familiar New Orleans Saints. They are the three-seed, 13-3. and three. We are the six-seed at 10-6. and six. Scheduled kickoff is 12.05 p.m. Central Standard Time. And Chris... The Vikings opened as eight-point underdogs to the Saints. I still can't believe that.
1: That is amazing to me over a touchdown underdog for the Vikings. We always play this team tough. We know that these two teams are very familiar looking at some of the ways to have some success against the New Orleans Saints. They are 6 and 2 at home this season with a loss at home against the Atlanta Falcons coming in November 26 to 9. I think if we look at that game we can find the path to success for the Vikings. Well, and
0: I think what the Falcons and the Vikings both do is try to put strong performances forward with their front four because if you blitz Drew Brees uh, continuously throughout a game, he's going to torch you. He gets the ball out quick he's one of the most accurate passers in NFL history if not obviously the most accurate passer in NFL history. I, I you know I I didn't I knew we would open as underdogs. I was I was also a little surprised by the 8, but I un, not only do I understand why they get to that number. I mean, you're you're going into they are despite that 6 and 2 record and that loss to the Falcons, they are one of the best home teams in the league. We, we obviously were the best this year, record wise, but notoriously they perform far better at home than they do on the road. And you're talking about a Hall of Fame quarterback. You're talking about a wide receiver who just set the NFL record for receptions in Michael Thomas. You're talking about Alvin Kamara, who, if the receiver hadn't just set that record, I know Kamara had a down year, but he is such a dangerous weapon all over the field. And then you throw in a speedster like Ted Ginn, and you still have have to think about that weird debacle of a football player that Taysom Hill is for defenses to deal with like I I understand when you go into that building why you would wind up at that level of underdog especially with the Vikings coming off that tough loss to the Packers the other side of it for me is I I love it I didn't want to go in there. As, it, as would it be in a two, three, four point spread? I, we were left off the NFL's playoff promotion video. We're eight point underdogs. Like I, I love a chip on your shoulder. I think sometimes out in the world and in society and in our normal workplaces, we think stuff like a chip on your shoulder and this us against the world mentality is nonsense. But a locker room isn't a real isn't the real world. It's not the real work. It's a special place, and stuff like mentality and mindset are a really big deal. So I I love the fact that we are underdogs. Uh, the Saints and Vikings, obviously, this is the second playoff game in three years, the Minneapolis Miracle being the other one. We've also split two regular season games in the last three years uh, with the Saints. We are very familiar, Zimmer, Payton, the whole nine. Uh, and a guy who's very familiar with us is said Hall of Fame quarterback, Drew Brees, who had some thoughts on the Vikings and – on the way that his team has exited the playoffs recently,
2: you know we we have a lot of guys on this team that that were here for those experiences, right? And so, um, I think it says a lot about our group to be able to um, take some of those circumstances and um, you know some of those unfortunate things and be able to turn that into something positive and use that as fuel, um, use that as a way to just bring us closer together and um, you know, really fight through that adversity to bring out the best in all of us. Um, so from 17 to 18, being able to do that, and then now from 18 to 19, and we're in a position now to you know, continue to take steps forward to achieve the ultimate goal. So um, I think it says a lot about this group. As far as this game being a revenge game or anything like that, I don't look at it like that at all. Um, these are two, two totally different seasons, right? That was two years ago.
0: That was Saints quarterback and the always classy Drew Brees, a guy who, Chris, is uh, difficult. I want to dislike him because of the history between these two teams. He's very difficult to dislike until he throws a couple touchdowns against you, and then he's your least favorite person that's ever existed. Uh, But always, always uh, classy and interesting on the microphone. And he is the head of what has been a very, very good offense this year.
1: That's for sure. Looking at some of the stats here, 373 total yards per game. That's ninth in the NFL. Keep in mind, he was out for a bunch of games in the middle of the season when Teddy Bridgewater had a few starts. 28.6 points per game. That's third in the NFL. I mean, think about that to have to score 30 points to beat this team during the regular season and 265 passing yards per game that's seventh in the NFL this offense is dynamic and they are led by Drew Brees
0: and you, you look at it guys I know I mentioned the catch record for Michael Thomas you know at 149 this season I mean also obviously some big numbers are gonna come he just such a monster year 1725 yards and nine touchdowns and then everybody talked about how you know, how Alvin Kamara has had this down year. And, and I, I think that's based upon expectations, given how great he's been. But the dude put up 797 rushing yards and 533 receiving yards. I mean, we're living in a world where Christian McCaffrey got a 1,000-1,000 a this year and became only the third guy to do that in NFL history with uh, Roger Craig and Marshall Falk. So I think... It, Maybe lost in in Kamara's expectations and other performances around the league, people are a little disappointed. But he still had a really good year, considering there was a backup quarterback in the in in the game for five games and a receiver set of records. So th- there's weapons all over the place. Uh, the guy that is going to be tasked with dealing with those weapons is vikings head coach mike zimmer this is chris his one hundredth game not counting preseason uh... with the vikings since taking over in two thousand fourteen he's fifty seven thirty eight and one regular season one and two in the postseason would love to see him get up to five hundred uh... let's go to the man in charge here and listen to his friday press conference
3: in new orleans play a really good football team Obviously, they got a lot of weapons offensively and they're very aggressive defensively. So, uh, you know, we'll have to go into a loud, ho- loud, hostile environment and play well and come out of there with a victory.
0: Mike Hughes going to IR, Mike, what are you expecting at that slot position? And what's your confidence level there?
3: Um, we will find a way.
2: Something happened to him, I guess, in practice yesterday. And what was it? No. How did he get hurt?
3: Playing was- football.
0: Mackenzie, did he re-injure that knee in that Bears game, or what happened there?
3: I don't know. I have to talk to Suge.
2: What's
0: your level of concern
2: being down those two defensive backs, Alexander and Hughes, preparing to face Drew Brees?
3: I just said we'll find a way.
2: Mike, with, Eric, with the All-Pro team coming out, Eric Kendrick's named the first team All-Pro. For you, seeing him as, seeing him develop as a linebacker over the years, how proud how does is it make you? Yeah,
3: I, I didn't know that. Um, but uh, eric's had a good year he's a good kid works real hard um has has gotten better each and every year um so we're happy for him
0: how kind of rare is it do you think it is to be able to sign Marcus as at this point in the juncture in the season with the experience he has in punt returns
3: yeah yeah it was he was close by too so that was good
2: what challenges does their offensive line present you
3: well they're really good ramzik's good um you know, uh, I like the young center McCoy, um, you know, they, Armstead, uh, they do a good job. Um, you know, they run a, a zone, zone scheme, but they do a good job in protection. Uh, Sean's always had a number of different protections that they've, they run. Um, so, you know, they'll, they'll make sure that they're chipping some of our ends as well.
0: That was Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer's Friday press conference. And the other thing that happens here on Friday, Chris, is the all-important injury report. And, Viking fans, we have some bad news and we have a bit of good news. That's
1: right, Sal. Let's start out with the bad news first, and that's the fact that Mike Hughes has been moved to the injured reserve on Friday with a neck injury injury. The Vikings went out and signed Marcus Sherrills, a familiar face most likely to handle the punt returning duties. Also out for the game will be Mackenzie Alexander, who's battling a knee injury and didn't practice this week, and Afadi Odenabo battling a hamstring, he has been listed as questionable for the game. But the good news is that the Vikings will be with their two running backs, and that's Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook, for the first time in a long time. Also, linebacker Eric Kendricks has been left off the injury report with that quad injury. Sounds like he'll play in this one as well.
0: To lose those two cornerbacks at this point in the season, you have to be honest, it's a very tough blow. But, you know, people like Chris Boyd. And 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 we've liked Holton Hill for a couple years. And guys, this is why you get paid to play football. You got to step up. You got to prepare. You got to get ready. And, and and that's just a part of the game. The good news in there, like we mentioned, is we do have a healthy Cook and a healthy Madison, which we haven't had for a while. And that hopefully will be a huge deal going into this matchup.
1: The big Vikings PR stat of the week is that the Vikings averaged 40 more rushing yards per game this season than last season. That's third in the NFL, only behind Baltimore and Arizona, who have rushing quarterbacks of their own. So that's a lot to say about Dalvin Cook and, of course, Alexander Madison. And thank Gary Kubiak for some of that as well.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a big deal, and it's something obviously we're gonna need on the field on Sunday. And uh, Delvin, I I know you know he's playing, but I think people still are. Anytime a guy comes off an injury and he's missed a couple games, just like we dealt with with Thielen, people are worried. Ah, how we, at what level will he be playing? So Cook, talk to the media a little bit about where he's at and looking forward.
4: You well, know, we got to go take care of business. You know, no matter what they did during the regular season, you know, new season, new start. We just got to go take care of
2: business. Tell all your take on uh, Cam Jordan just, you know, and how they move him around and everything. Obviously, it's 15 and a half sacks, but he's good in all aspects. Of
4: the team. Yeah, good football player. He's um, been doing it for a while. We you know he leads the bunch up front, so they go when he go. You know, I think you know we got to just try to contain him. You know, he's a good football player. He's going to make plays. We just got to kind of limit those plays.
2: Dallin, with a couple weeks off, how close to 100% do you feel? How how
5: refreshed do you feel? I definitely
4: feel refreshed. Um, I won't put a percentage on it. No, if I was whatever percentage, I'd be out there on Sunday, though. So I'm going to be ready to go. I'm going to be at full sprint. And, you know, looking
5: for a good football game. (laughs)
0: Good news for Viking fans, that is Delvin Cook saying he will be ready to go on Sunday versus the Saints. And good news for Viking fans listening, we will be back after a break with more Vikings Final Prep. Hey Viking fans, get ready for kickoff all season long, including the playoffs, with Vikings Blend at Caribou Coffee. 10% of all proceeds go back to University of Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital. Purchase in-store or at cariboucoffee.com. And do your kids like reading? Do your kids love the Vikings? Well, Minnesota Vikings mascot Victor has lost his mustache and needs help finding it. In his new children's book, Where's Victor's Mustache? Join him on an A to Z voyage through Minnesota as you help Victor find his mustache. Buy the book today at any Vikings locker room store or at vikings.com mustache. Welcome back to Vikings Final Prep. And hey, Viking fans, save time and shop online with High V Isles Online. Now offering free pickup with orders over $30. Go to islesonline.com and order today. And hey, on another note, Chris, make sure you and all your friends and family tune into the Vikings postgame show following the game in New Orleans, hosted by Fox 9's Hobie Artegue and Vikings legend Robert Smith. Vikings Post Game will be streaming live on all Vikings digital platforms. Before the break, Chris, we heard from Dalvin Cook, one of the key cogs in the Minnesota Vikings offense, a guy who's going to need to have a big game, but another guy who's going to need to have a big game talked to another guy who's going to need to have a big game. That's right, I'm talking about Kirk Cousins' show here on KFAN, under center with Kirk Cousins, and he had on Stefan Diggs talking about some of their deep ball connections, of which, Chris, we need to see some on Sunday. A ton of passes from you, Kirk. Yeah. That have just
1: been right on the I, money. What, what? I mean, you guys have connected on a lot of those this year. I feel like more so. Uh, I'm not.
4: I'm not going really. I'm not taking. Give any him credit. credit. I'm not taking any credit because <laughs> he throws. He throws a hell of a ball, especially yeah. a deep ball. And yeah. since he's been here, he's always thrown a great deep ball. And it's, it's friendly. It's easy to catch. It's not uh you know, it's not like pop flyers. You know, it's just on time and. It's where it needs to be so I feel like he uh he has the confidence when he throws when he throws the ball up in the air and I just gotta make a play for him it's
6: been it's been fun. Well, I was just gonna say that um uh, he to the ball really well yeah. and so obviously he has great speed um you gotta have good movement skills to be a a, a special receiver in, in our league. But he adjusts to the ball. And I play with a guy named Deshaun Jackson who did that really well as, mm-hmm. as well. But was those he f- are probably faster than
1: Diggs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, Deshaun, Deshaun gets a
6: lot of credit for his speed, and rightfully so. But honestly, yes. what made Deshaun elite was his ability to adjust to the football. Because it's hard 40, 50 yards down the field to throw the ball perfectly. You're going to be a yard or two off. There's just going to naturally be a, a little room for error. Yeah. The receiver has to make you right with his ability as the ball's on its way there, as mm-hmm. it's 30 yards there. Mm-hmm. Uh, with 20 yards to go, he's got to be able to find it, adjust, and then make it look like it was thrown perfectly. And that's what Deshaun did well, but that's what Stefan does well. And people, it's hard to evaluate that. You have to, you have to feel it in practice and realize, man, I'm throwing it in like a general area, and yet it always looks like it's right on the money. Yeah. Even just uh, a couple weeks ago against the Chargers, I threw a, a double move to Stefan. It actually ended up being incomplete because they said he didn't get his second foot down yeah. in balance. but it was a... It was a back shoulder, if you will. But I didn't tell him pre-snap it's going to be a back shoulder. I just, just throw it a little yeah. short, he, he and did, he gets his eyes around. Talk about him. that play and just oh adjusting God, to the ball. It,
4: it bothered me so much. And I really – and I don't. I'm, I never make That's excuses. That's the toe drag. I never make excuses. And I feel like I was just a little off on my, like, trajectory on where I was on the field because I felt like I had way more space than I did because I was, like, kind of lackadaisical with keeping my feet in because yeah. I thought I had more, more room. Yep. But uh, it was just – it was, like – just pitch and catch playing quarterback, you know, playing quarterback. It was a receiver. great adjustment. And, and I feel like he just gave me a chance to make a play on the ball, and that's a big thing. He always gave me a chance to make a play on the ball. That's all I want is a chance.
0: Great to hear those two together on the microphone. That was Kirk Cousins under center with Stephon Diggs, and it feels like the little uh, – the little drama, that's the thing, when, when, when that happened earlier in the year with Stefan Diggs, that's why I thought it was so silly, that drama comes and goes with winning and locker rooms and blah, 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 blah. It's great to hear them both on the same page, and hopefully they have a, a big day on Sunday. And since I want some positive juju here, Chris, uh, let's talk about 1987.
1: Yes, yeah, we're lucky to have some Vikings historians in the building, like PR's Tom West and Mark Rosen Who talk about the 1987 nostalgia? The Vikings team that was eight and seven went into New Orleans in the first round as six-and-a-half-point underdogs and beat them pretty good. And in the next round, they went on to take on those San Francisco 49ers led by Joe Montana, and they won that game as well. So that would be a very similar season it's to almost this year. almost
0: identical, except we're somehow bigger underdogs this time. So hopefully history can repeat itself, and we were lucky enough to have a man that played on that team, Henry Thomas, in studio this week for Skull Stories. Let's let him tell us a little bit about that moment.
5: I want to say, I want to be optimistic and say after they beat the Saints, they're going to follow the same path as your 1987 team did, and that's as a wild card team. Go on the road to play the San Francisco 49ers. Of course, back then they had a couple of guys named Joe Montana and Steve Young at quarterback. But let's let's turn the clock back a little bit to 1987. I know it was a strike year and all that, but let's, let's start with that Saints game because I'm looking it up right now and the Vikings were underdogs, as they are on Sunday, six-and-a-half-point underdogs uh playing in in New Orleans against the, a Saints team that was up and coming and playing at a, a really high level and yet you went in there and put quit, uh, put quite a, a spanking on them i think it was 44 to 10 was the final score unbelievable yeah, it, was, uh,
7: it was it was amazing uh we had just, just some some great talent on our team and like you said we were the underdogs you know it was like oh yeah, they barely made the playoffs mm-hmm. but we had great talent on our team and we just really came out uh Keith had Keith Millard had a phenomenal day. I mean, we disrupted their offense all day long, and it just threw them off. And, you know, with, with the likes of uh, Anthony Carter right. and Wade Wilson and Darren Nelson, I mean, we, we really had a – it was a lot of fun to go back to because that was my rookie year. And yeah. going back to New Orleans it was like going back to LSU for me. So I had right. plen- plenty of fans of my own there.
5: Yeah, that's so cool. And I'm looking at the box score. The Saints actually scored the first touchdown with Bobby Bear was the quarterback for the Saints in 1987. Now 7 okay, oh, here, here we go. It's going to be a long afternoon for the Vikings. Next thing you know, you look up the scoreboard, the fans were leaving early. Guys like Hassan Hassan Jones and Anthony Carter, Steve Jordan. Uh, Carter had an 84-yard punt return, and and your defense took over and just slammed the door on those guys. He just must have been feeding off each other that afternoon.
7: Oh, absolutely. That day was a feeding frenzy, especially when when your when our offense got to clicking, mm-hmm. it just gave us the opportunity to be the defense that, that Floyd always envisioned us to be. But you know, our offense starts clicking and they get us a lead. We we wanna do everything in our power never to give that lead back and it it was just a fun night.
0: Always fun to hear from Vikings alumni. That was Henry Thomas on Skull Stories with Mark Rosen. And if we even come close to repeating that, I mean, 44-10 to is nuts. If we get anywhere near that, that that would be an all-time Vikings victory. Uh, Big game this weekend. Here's how you watch and listen. We got the noon game on Sunday, which is a good thing. That's when Kirk plays well, Chris. Your boy Kirk loves the noon game, and we got it. We'll take it. Fox. KMSP Fox 9 in the Twin Cities. Kickoff is 12.05 p.m. Joe Buck... Troy Aikman, sideline reporters Aaron Andrews and Chris Myers, but I think you should listen to it on local radio KFAN right here, 100.3 FM or KTLK, 1130 AM in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Of course, play-by-play is PA. Analyst Pete Bursich, sideline reporters Greg Coleman and the stupid handsome Ben Lieber. And remember, as always, the radio pregame show with Mike Musman starts at 10 a.m. Central time. Chris, as we get out of here and we walk into the wild card playoff round, what's the one thing you're looking for this weekend?
1: I said it on the Minnesota Vikings podcast and I'm going to say it again. I think we need big offensive plays early in the game and some of those big playmakers like Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Dalvin Cook have had some of their best games as Vikings against the Saints. Thielen totaled 157 yards on nine catches in 2017. He had 100 yards the last time they played him. So I want Adam Thielen to have a big game.
0: Yeah, and I I think I I like what you said early. For me, it's it's a strong first possession. And, and I'm I, I'm in favor of either way this game goes. I can see us coming out and, and trying to control the tempo and control the clock and keep their offense on the sideline, and I think that's a great plan. You could also tell me that we were going to come out and attack, go no huddle a couple times, run up and down the field, take deep shots, and I'd be okay with that because I'm not scared. I know they've put up all those points this year, but I'm not scared to attack their strength given what I truly believe is the strength of this offense. So either way, I hope they play well on the first possession or two on both sides of the football because I do think playing against this team in this stadium, those first two possessions are going to dictate this game. This isn't you're not at home, you know, you're know you not against a Denver Broncos. You, you have to come out and show them that you are going to compete from the start and make this a battle for the entire game. Uh, That's going to do it for us here on Final Prep for Chris Corso from TheVikings.com. I am Cy Amundsen, and hopefully we will see you guys next week.